Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Matt Atkins, welcome to 15 Minutes of Fearless on the Fearless Sellers podcast. You are a PPC expert working at Page One as well as an Amazon selling coach with me at AMZ Insiders. Today, we're going to dig into the big mistakes you see sellers make with advertising on Amazon commonly known as PPC, their pay-per-click. Hi, Joey. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Yes, I know we're talking about your favorite topic. It is. Yes, this is my favorite topic. I talk about this topic all the time. So yes, I'm happy and excited to talk about on your podcast that I've been listening to. Um, Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Let's jump in. What mistakes do you see with seasoned sellers, sellers who have been selling maybe for, I don't necessarily want to give it a timeline, but are making at least $10,000 in sales per month? Yeah. So my role at pretty much every agency that I've worked at, I actually get to audit accounts. That's part of what I do. So I see, I've seen hundreds at this point, hundreds and hundreds of accounts from mom and pop. Uh, shops all the way up to some of the biggest brands on Amazon. So I would say overall, uh, in general, some of the most common mistakes that I see, um, you know, I think that especially if you have a brand name uh, that is well known off of Amazon for whatever reason, I see a lot of people overspending a little bit too much on branded. Um, Certainly spending on branded, your branded terms, especially now in today's day and age when pretty much all of page one is an advertisement at this point. It's important, um, but you know I see a lot of people overbidding, and then it kind of tends to cover a lot of sins on the high level stats when you're looking at ACOS and things of that nature. So that's one of them I would say um, over a little bit of overspending on branded. Um, another one I would say is um, you know paying too much attention to ACOS. Uh, ACOS is an important number, and it it tells you how well your advertising is performing. But I think. A better number to look at overall is your tacos. Um, you know, I I am fine paying uh, a higher ACOS on terms that are important to me and that are relevant and that I'm ranking for. So uh, I think looking at ACOS is a bit short-sighted of a stat to look at. So that's another one I think is being too handcuffed to your ACOS. Um, and then I think another one is, you know, I see a lot of people spend a lot of money on kind of exploratory and research campaigns. Um, while there, you do need to be spending a portion of your budget on those things. Um, you know, I would say about 65% of your overall budget should be more on kind of tighter, uh, proven targets that you know that you're converting for and that you want to rank for. So I think that's probably another one is, is spending too much on exploratory type campaigns and not enough on, uh, taking advantage of what the data that you have. Yeah, that's a good point. Diving in to the data that is existing before you start any, hey, let's just try this. That's that's a good tip. And let's go back when we're talking about ACOS, the you know cost of sale, and then you're talking about tacos, right? The total. Can you can you explain the difference between well, what it stands for and why you want to look at the total versus just the ACOS? Yeah. So your advertising or ACOS stands for advertising cost of sale. Um, and it is your uh, ad sales divided by your ad spend. That's That'll give you your ACOS number. 
uh, on average, I would say, or I mean, it completely depends on, you know, your profit margin and com- how competitive of, of a category, all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, I, I, I would say, uh, ACOS is, I mean, there's no way to even say that I was going to give generalizations, but there's no way to, um, but then your tacos is your total advertising cost of sales. And that's your, uh, your ad spend divided by your total sales. So that gives you a better picture of how your ads are helping your organic side of your business to increase and thrive. So really, I think of advertising as a way to prop up your organic rank. That's essentially what you use advertising for is to give your products greater exposure so that they'll rank higher organically. So if you look at your advertising like that, then you kind of, Tacos gives up better picture of how advertising is doing that and looking at how it's kind of helping your overall business um, as a whole instead of just kind of in a little pocket window of advertising. I I couldn't agree more. It is all about getting your organic rank up and your cost of advertising down. Very well put. Let's move into product launch. This is a big one that we talk about with AMZ Insiders, with new students or students who are launching new products, what mistakes have you seen at product launch? Um, you know, I think the biggest one, biggest mistake, and, you know, we could talk about this for a full hour is not doing keyword research in the beginning, um, thorough, thorough keyword research, and instead letting Amazon's exploratory type campaigns do that for you, you know, using automatic and broad and phrase match to find other, you know, keywords that might potentially work for your product. So for me, I like to be very, very uh, focused when I launch and I do a lot of keyword uh, research using my competitors. So I know, you know, before I launch what keywords and and I usually about a dozen, maybe a little bit up to 20 keywords that I focus on in the beginning. I don't launch any uh, automatic campaigns for the first couple of weeks because you know, I want to give signals to Amazon right out of the gate, what my product is, what I want to show up for, um, on top of targeting those keywords. And I do them in single keyword campaigns so that I have the utmost of control of them. Um, but also I have those in prominent places in the copywriting of my, uh, of the listing also, which again is giving signals to Amazon, um, about relevancy, which is, uh, super important to, to let Amazon know that. So so yeah, that's that's kind of what I do. And, and you know, w- what happens is when you're letting Amazon do that is that, you know, especially if you didn't do the real keyword research in the beginning, you know, Amazon doesn't necessarily know exactly what keywords are going to convert for you. So it's kind of like them throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I'd rather be more in control of that than give Amazon all of that control. So um, again, you know, to summarize, I think spending too much on exploratory campaigns in the beginning um, instead of focusing and telling Amazon what it is that you want to show up for. Yes, and putting it in your listing as your keywords means that is what you're really trying to rank for, Are what is in your listing. And when you're building your listing and you're doing your keyword research, we spend so much time finding those keywords that it's kind of like, hey, yeah, those are the words you should be using for your first PPC campaigns. Yeah, that's a big part of our process. I mean, I, I can't, I've lost count of how many of those conversations, you know, we use Helium 10 in our coaching program in AMZ Insiders and, you know, Cerebro is, I mean, my favorite tool within, within Helium 10 and using your top most relevant competitors that are doing the best and knowing what it is that they're, you know, where they're getting most of their sales because of where they're ranked organically. I mean, it's such good information. And, and then again, it's, it's 
finding keywords that are so relevant that, you know, Amazon doesn't have any choice, but to show you in the right places. So, yeah. Yes. Love it. Really good advice on that. And moving into a topic that I'm quick to make my PPC words negatives and go away because I'm impatient. And I think you and I have had conversations about this. And you kind of had a, a unique approach to making a keyword negative. Um, so what kind of mistake or advice do you have around negative keywords? Yeah, I mean, again, I go back to re relevancy a lot. You know, if I have a keyword that is relevant, I know that it's relevant because I go to Amazon and type it in and I see products that look like mine and it's not converting. I would rather lower that bid as opposed to negating it. Um, you know, you can, I mean, even like some of the softwares that I've used, you can set a minimum bid and, you know, even as low as 20, 20 cents, you're not going to get very many impressions. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, it's, you, it's it's fascinating to me when you start digging into your PPC data, what keywords are converting and what aren't. And even further than that, what customers are using to type into the search bar. So, you know, you the keywords are that you think are going to convert aren't always going to convert. So looking at the data is super important. But again, a, a relevant keyword that you know is relevant that isn't converting, I would rather lower that bid to get minimal impressions than negate it. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, I think a lot of there's a big discussion in the community about negating a, uh, a a search term that you're graduating. So, for example, let's say something converts in a broad match and you want to target that in an exact match. A lot of people will negate that in the broad match. And for me, you know, if that search term is profitable in the broad match, then I I don't know that I can think of a reason that I would ever turn off or negate a search term that was profitable. Not even that I am targeting it in a different match type in another campaign. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's a, a big kind of question in the space and people have, are on one side or the other. But for me, it's all about profitability and, and following the data. So if the data is telling me that a sale is profitable, I, I don't want to get rid of that sale, no matter if I'm targeting it in another way somewhere else. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's uh, a thing that goes a little bit against conventional wisdom. And that's another good reason to set up your campaign separately by exact broad match and phrase. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a big one, um, especially for anybody launching their, their product launch. It's like it takes a little bit of work, but it's worth putting in the time to do your exact words, your broad match and your phrase in completely separate campaigns. And do you break it out even further ever? Um, so yeah, I separate, so I tend to limit, um, amount of keywords in a campaign to around 10 to 15, uh, another, another topic of conversation that's highly debated. Um, I, I like to keep it pretty tight, 10 to 15, you know, there always tends to be some keywords that don't get any sort of light of day if you put too many in a, in a campaign. So typically what I'll do in that case, um, I like to group them by, um, search volume also. So if I have, you know, five or six keywords or even up to 10 keywords that are, you know, between 2,000 and 5,000 searches a month, I'll keep those in the same campaign. Um, so I'll group them that way. But yeah, I always separate match types and I very rarely go above 15 keywords inside of the campaign. Great advice. All right. 
Moving on to a strategy around bidding up and down, mistakes around moving your bid up or down, and do people do it too soon, or what mistakes have you seen? I think the biggest mistake, and you know, new sellers are—it's very common for new sellers. Um, there's not really any sort of strategy to what you're adjusting the bid to. It's just that's not meeting my A cost, so I'm going to lower the bid by five cents because that's a round number. Um, you know, I think that first of all, I, in my opinion, and I, I we're going to talk a lot, a lot of debatable topics here in, in this little quick 15 minutes, but, um, one of the things that I think, um, I'm a big proponent of some sort of a tool to automate bid optimization. Um, you know, I think that's one of those things that a computer probably is, I mean, not probably is certainly better than a human app. Um, I think that there has to be human oversight. I think there has to be a human at the wheel, but specifically bid operations, I think is something that there's just too much data. Um, you know, every product has, let's call it 120 on average keywords that drive sales for it. So, you know, you're having to make decisions on 120 different keywords. And the thing is, is that, you know, your conversion rate, we know now because of Amazon marketing stream that your conversion rate is changing multiple times per day. So. If your conversion rate is changing multiple times per day, then your bids should also be changing multiple times per day. So you know, I think most sellers are only adjusting their bids, you know, a couple of times a week. And most of them are using data that's old. You know, it's it's historical data from a report that at best was, you know, a couple of days, a couple of days old. So, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things is that people really have to understand what they're doing when they're adjusting bid, why they're adjusting bids, and then what the result of that bid adjustment is going to be and and then testing and then retesting. Yeah, that's a good point, because when you're looking at your PPC, Amazon gives you the bid suggestion and it's so tempting just to click apply and even that apply all button, right, and let it go down. So, yeah, that's very good advice. And it is good to have utilized tools that can really help you with your bid strategy. Yeah, totally agree. Awesome, Matt. Well, we are going to have to dig into a whole lot more of PPC on a longer episode where we can sit down together. Um, we have a, about a minute or so left. Is there any last tip you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, I mean, you and I talk about this all the time in our in our coaching community, AMZ Insiders, but um, and I actually just had a conversation with a gentleman today. Getting into a community of sellers, um, listening to podcasts, like, you know, listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos is one thing, but like actually having people that you can have the types of conversations with, like you and I have had thousands of conversations about PPC over, over the last year. So, I mean, that's so valuable. Um, that's what my always recommendation is, is get into a community of people, no matter how big or small, just find other people that are doing this thing and, and stay on top of the game. So that's, that's my biggest tip I would say. It is good advice. And then we can all sit around and share our experience and be open and honest about what what's working and what isn't working. And that is my favorite thing about actually coaching and coaching with you because we just get to say, hey, this is working for me. This is not. What do we do? Yep. Some of my favorite times. Well, Matt, until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com.
Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Fearless.